still, but right now I'm joined by Dr. Phil Ferguson, John Moore, and Sarah Martin on the line from Wellington. How are we all? Very good. Good, yep. yeah. Still standing. Yes, still standing. Not too many uh, buildings blown over in Wellington <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> a few random flying trampolines and things. Yeah, yeah. A few of my friends were the last on ferries on Wednesday, I think, oh. uh, and they crossed the strait on that last one that you saw on the news. <laughs> Roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. It sounds bad. Uh, it, it didn't look good. None of them threw up, at, uh, which was great. But um, I think there were musicians. I think a few instruments might have got broken. Uh, but anyway, we um, should get into what's going on. Uh, it's the Greens versus New Zealand first. Matilia Ture uh, comes out and calls Winston Peters a racist, uh, citing uh, immigration policy. Um, is that a fair statement? Um, and, and does Winston get away with things that other uh, parties and other party leaders just wouldn't be able to get away with? Because I can imagine if Don Brash had said these, some of the things he says back in the day would be all over him. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting point. Um, I, th- I think there's a debate to be had there. Is New Zealand First immigration policies, foreign ownership policies, are they xenophobic and are they racist? And um, so I, I think there needs to be a discussion there. Um, Winston Peters is certainly a populist, uh, arguably a nativist. So by nativist, I mean um, a, a political ideology that centres on a perceived. Uh, group in, in a nation that is has an essential connection with that nation. Mm. So we're seeing the rise of nativism with Donald Trump in America, uh, with the National Front in France, for example, UKIP in Britain. Uh, that promotion of, of uh, who are seen as uh, legitimate people living in a nation. And, and Winston Peters certainly has promoted uh, a strong ideology of New Zealand nationalism since the party was founded. Now, does that mean that he's a racist? Well, arguing about immigration policies, I don't think necessarily means you are a racist. Arguing for a reduction in immigration uh, in immigration numbers doesn't necessarily mean you're a racist. But I think when you target specific ethnic groups, yeah. then it's questionable. And New Zealand certainly has done that with targeting of Asians and in the past targeting of the Muslim community as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Phil? Well, I generally agree with what John said, but of course it's a bit rich of the Greens because they've got this understanding with Labour, and if anything, Labour has been targeting the Chinese, for instance, or Mm -hmm. people with Chinese-sounding surnames, probably more than what Winston has over the last couple of years. So I think it's more about positioning themselves as wanting to be Labour's uh, partner and not be left out in the cold the way that Helen Clark left them out in the cold and went with New Zealand first during the fifth Labour government. So it's trying to make New Zealand first less attractive to, to Labour and to Labour voters by painting it th- this way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Greens have dodgy immigration policy as well in terms of restrictions. And yeah. the, one of the problems with immigration controls is who do they always end up getting directed against? You know, they don't get directed against white British people or white Americans or white Australians. And it's like with the Dawn Raids in the 70s. A lot of the overstay, so-called overstayers here were actually white Americans and white British, but it wasn't their doors that were being banged on at three o'clock in the morning, it was Pacific Island Mm. doors in South Auckland. Yeah. So you can't really have the kind of controls that the Greens want without 
those controls actually being racist, I would argue. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we know through statistics that the majority of immigrants that come in are from Western countries like Britain, like Australia. Um, and the Greens, with their uh, immigration policy, they're talking about uh, strict rules because of uh, infrastructure and because of climate change. Um, so do you think they're being hypocritical here, Sarah? Uh, I think it probably um, reflects some of the conflicts within the Green Party and some of the conflicts of ideas um, within, you know, the different factions within the Green Party. And there are, you know, there are some pretty solidly left-wing people within the Green Party as members and supporters who are disturbed both by um, that immigration policy they put out last year, although James Shaw has stepped back from that quite a bit and made it explicit that, um, you know, you can't blame immigrants for all the ills of society, but um, those people who will be uncomfortable with the potential cozying up between Labour, Greens and New Zealand first. So on the one hand, I think in some ways they're trying to placate people within their own party who are concerned about their relationship with New Zealand first. And on the other hand, um, I think, I mean, I find it all a bit confusing, but perhaps they're trying to signal that they are different to New Zealand first and that, um, you know, if you want a progressive party, you need a progressive government, you vote for Greens and Labour. I I think it's um, a slightly confusing message to be putting out to people out there, and I'm not sure who their target audience is because I I don't think, you know, people who are going to vote New Zealand first would would Hmm. be considering voting (laughs) Greens. No. Um, So I'm I'm not quite sure what it's all about. I mean, there'll be people in the party who think it's a principled thing to to, to do, Mm -hmm. to um, call out um, some of the more um, racist elements of New Zealand first um, policy. And I I think John and um, Phil have summarised well in terms of the politics of it all. Yeah. as to what the Greens are up to, I'm not entirely sure. And, um, you know, this latest thing that happened yesterday with Barry Coates being hauled over the coals for um, revealing that they may push the nuclear button and um, force a new election was also very interesting because obviously the party is having these discussions. You know, he got pretty um, thoroughly wrapped over the knuckles and told, him, told he was out of place and just a young, naive... MP, which I thought was a bit patronising, really, but I think probably what it reflects is that they are having these kind of contortions within the caucus and within the party about what the heck they're going to do if they get locked out of the government. Yeah, I mean, is this a, is this because you know the fact that James Shaw has come in, he's. Uh, you know, he can be quite, um, well, he is, he's got, from a business background, mm. he can be quite uh, neoliberal in some ways. Yeah, in some uh, ways he could be called a blue-green. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So he's kind of pushing the party towards the centre a bit, and is this, um, you know, is this internal conflict uh, because of that, because those who are from uh, a traditional green background, or the way that um, some of us perceive it, uh, the traditional green background, are not exactly liking some of the things coming out of James Shaw's mouth. I think definitely, and I think... Um, it's, it's interesting to look back at the Greens in Germany, uh, which went through uh, similar divisions, uh, especially when that party uh, came into power at, in a coalition with the Social Democrats. And it was a, it was a, uh, a conflict between uh, the realists and, um, and people who were seen as the fundies, the people who were sticking to core Green values and, and more left-wing economic values. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, we are seeing um, conflicts of those nature, of that nature, and other conflicts going on in the Greens 
it's at the moment. And certainly, uh, I think Materi Ature and James Shaw are very focused on getting uh, cabinet seats uh, in a future government, in a future potentially Labour-led government. And I think they're prepared to make big compromises to get cabinet seats as well, and that might be concerning some of their more, I uh, can be principled members, mm-hmm. or, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, is this a disaster for the left? Um, you know, it seems like Labor's going to need the Greens and New Zealand First to, to govern. Um, uh, things like this are not going to make them friends, and it's definitely not going to make Winston want to work with them, and he'll definitely go the other way. Uh, you know, it's it's Winston Peters. You can't, you don't really want to mess with them because he'll just go, well, I'm not going to bother going with you. Uh, and is this, you know, Greens' push maybe to get those traditional New Zealand First voters or those ones on the margins um, to vote for Labour um, to bolster their ranks and bring down New Zealand First numbers? What are your thoughts, Phil? I think New Zealand First and the Greens both have their own constituencies and their own brands. Like other parties have pretty much come and gone. Mm-hmm. But there's a block of people in New Zealand who are committed to New Zealand First. There's a block who are committed to the Greens. And there's obviously a section of old Labour voters who at ver- in various elections have switched to New Zealand First. You know, like my mother was a very old Labour voter who mm-hmm. stopped voting Labour under the fourth Labour government and never went back. So she was Alliance, and then when the Alliance imploded, she voted New Zealand first, although she didn't like the anti-Asian stuff, but she voted for it on, but mainly on economic grounds. And I can't see that the Greens attacking New Zealand first over immigration is going to push New Zealand first voters towards Labour I think we are because uh, I think there's a whole section of Labour voters that are probably ha- quite quite happy with Winston's views on immigration mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alright, um, I think we should move on to the next topic uh, Labour, another poll, another disaster uh, Andrew Little just doesn't <laughs> seem to be connecting uh, with the population and the thing is Sarah that uh, Bill English doesn't have to no, I mean, you know, it's it's a difficult situation, isn't it? They uh, nationals obviously not pissing off enough people to make them shift. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't understand why, and um, Labor's not attracting enough people, so um, we're a kind of stasis, really, aren't we? Yeah. Um, and unless something radically shifts over the next few weeks, it's, it's hard to. Um, see that it will change. I mean, the polls will shift slightly, maybe, but um, you know, uh, and, you know, I'm not going to be foolish enough to call it, but um, I think there does have to be some shift. I I don't know whether um, Labor's capable of making that shift. You know, they've made a decision to to, um, take a very cautious approach in this election, not to scare the horses, um, because they're very, you know, concerned about winning back um, the more centrist voters from mm-hmm. national, so they've they've made a deliberate decision to be cautious and to play it play it safe. Whether or not they can deviate from that, or whether or not it would be helpful if they deviated from that, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Andrew Little isn't connecting, um, and you can't kind of you can't artificially construe that, construct that, can you? No, no. Um, now, John. Labour seems to be banking on the voters uh, wanting to vote for the collective population 
in some things, whereas uh, a brother than themselves, which mm. is very much a national thing. I mean, if you look at it in a little way, uh, just with the family policy that's come out, uh, it's about, okay, a, a few of you are going to get less money or not as much as uh, you're going to get under national, but we're going to use that money uh, to put into um, to education and put into hospitals. But then people it's going, but I'm getting less money. <laughs> Yeah, and so I think it's true to say that Labour is positioning itself slightly to the left of National, and like you said, in terms of that family um, policy, in terms of housing, etc., and, and pushing, uh, to some degree, uh, a more uh, collectivist line. Mm. However, um, National is no longer the the individualistic neoliberal party that it once was. Uh, we've, we've seen this national government uh, raise benefits, and that was mm-hmm. the first time that benefits were raised in real terms since the uh, early 1970s. Um, we, we've seen this government uh, talk, talk about... Um, targeting the housing issue and, and, and targeting poverty with some extra funding, um, clearly not enough so it's really a matter of degree rather than sharp differences in terms of ideology between yeah. National and Labour and I think what um, Labour is wanting to give a message that it will be a sound manager of the economy and its agreement with the Greens saying that it will follow sound economic financial policy and constrain how much it will uh, spend if it was to lead a future government really gives a clear signal to the electorate in my view that it isn't uh, radically different from the National Party that it operates within the same economic framework and then if, if they're presenting that image to the electorate the electorate will think well it's not so much about differences in ideology and radical differences in policy. It's, it's about who is going to be the best manager of the economy and, and of uh, the government. And National seems to be doing an OK job. Uh, National uh, Labour seems to be in disarray and there seems to be lots of internal divisions and not consistent messages. And so maybe we should just stick with National or another section of electorate is saying, well, maybe just don't vote at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're creating more haves and have-nots, the National Party, the, than we've seen in many years. And this new this new uh, policy they came out with in terms of a um, billion dollars for uh, investing into infrastructure, uh, which will be uh, no interest loans to councils, so therefore the ratepayer, uh, who is also the taxpayer, is paying for that twice. Instead of the government coming in and just using that money themselves, uh, it's already our money, and yes, there may not be uh, interest on top of that, but we had to pay that back through rates. Again, so we're paying that money twice, mm. um, and the government's getting more back in GST anyway. Um, so that, you know, it's a, quite a wise move. That I mean, it's bolstering the coffers a, uh, a little bit and putting us in the cities a little bit more in debt. But we'll be pissed off with the councils about that, and not not anybody else. What do you think, Phil? Yeah, I I don't think that most people are overly concerned about that particular issue, though. I think. That, <laughs> Labor now faces the problem that National faced in 1999 where Labor was economically right-wing enough mm-hmm. that National had nowhere to go. And yeah. so we had a three-term Labor government for the first time in you know half a century. And now, and they were relatively socially liberal, now we've got a National government that's relatively socially liberal, and I mean, even Bill English has moved on questions like gay marriage because that's a done deal. Everybody, most people, <laughs> just yeah. accept that. Now, yeah, you yeah. know, don't have a problem with it. Um, and national isn't 
is in the centre ground pretty much economically, or the new centre, which is somewhat to the right of where it used to be, and Labour can't go around them because it's committed to fiscal responsibility and it's committed to managing capitalism, Uh so they can't move to the left. So they're stymied in the same way that National was before in, in 1999. And we've now got... I don't know whether this is the first time in New Zealand, in modern New Zealand electoral history, if we date that from, say, 1935, National and Labour, where you're in the third term of a government, the end of a third term of a government, and the opposition is sitting on 27. Yeah, yeah. I mean, has that ever happened before? Not that I know. I can't, I can't think, of, think of it. You know, yeah. e- even in the 60s, 1969, well, you had four-term national government, but at the end of the third term, the 1969 elections, I mean, a lot of people expected Labour would win that. They'd been in opposition for nine years. Mm-hmm. And Labour is clearly not going to get more votes than National, and they're going to have trouble um, putting together an alternative government yep. regarding the Greens of New Zealand first, and the quite, the quite possibly could be a fourth National government. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we're on yeah. for it. Yeah. Now, um, I, I mean, I, I just, you know, I mean, I think it's the national party, the national government we've got at the moment is deeply ideological, and I think they're deeply right wing. And uh, you know they're doing some things. The, house, the disaster with housing has, you know, wrecked untold misery and is growing mm-hmm. inequality at an incredibly fast rate in this country. And national is sitting back doing nothing. I mean, uh, they're getting away with it. I don't know how they're getting away with it. They're shrinking the state quite drastically. And, uh, you know, they're introducing some pretty bad policies that they're getting away with that. And they do that by giving you the extra $20 yep. a week to beneficiaries, which they claw back through um, higher marginal tax rates. So, I mean, they're very smart campaigners. Uh, they're masking what I think is a pretty right-wing agenda and pretty right-wing activities through this very smart politics of, of giving these kind of tokenistic um, gifts here and there to keep people happy. And I think, unfortunately... Labour, who I think possibly, you know, could come up with some, with some much better policies, are just too scared to to um, put anything radical up there. So uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's actually a pretty grim scene actually, because there are you know, so many people getting really ripped off by this government that um, just have no options. Let's not forget they took a thousand dollars automatically for KiwiSaver away as well to uh, to give people that that extra money and the benefits. Um, yeah, so they're, yeah, they're very smart. They settled that they did the equal pay settlement um, on on a Monday, which you know was a great thing to do for the care and support workers. They agreed that on the Monday, on Friday, they introduced new legislation into Parliament that will make it harder for any other workers to um, get equal pay. So um, you know they're smart. Yeah, well, they're very good at playing the politics of right now uh, and making you not see that in the future you're probably going to be a little bit worse off. Um, I think we're going to have to leave it there. Anyone else got any final points? Or anyone got any I, yeah, I don't see them. I just don't see them as deeply ideological and deeply right-wing. And I think that's the secret to their success is that they've got, you know, like Key said, the politician he most admired was Holyoke, who was a pragmatist. And it was easy for Holyoke because it was the post-war economic boom. And I think National is very, very pragmatic. I think the ideologues have all long gone. Um, out of the out of the party, and they can move like this big blob in the centre. They move a wee bit to the right when they need to, and they like on immigration, mm-hmm. where 
they were vulnerable to Labour in New Zealand first, and they move a wee bit to the left in terms of economic policy to protect the, that flank from Labour. And I think it's that that pragmatism and that ability to sprawl across the centre that is why they're on 47% and Labour's on 27%. Labour's got nowhere to go. You've got to ask why they haven't done anything about the housing crisis, though, Phil. It has to be ideological, because that's really weakening them, but they're not doing anything about it. It's true, they haven't moved at all. Yeah, certainly that no. would take uh, a, a very bold uh, policies and, and, and a bold imagination to seriously tackle the housing problem. But it's arguable whether uh, Labour is, is yeah. really going, is really devoted to uh, tackling the housing problem themselves and they're certainly not uh, sowing their housing policy very well to the electorate. All right, all right. Um, it no. seems to me there's going to have to be a big economic disaster for anything <laughs> to change, to be honest. Um, and, uh, you know, who knows if that's going to come, um, the way tourism's going. Anyway, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much uh, for joining me, Sarah, uh, John and Phil. Always a pleasure. Uh, and we'll see you all again very soon. For sure. Thanks, oh, uh, Cheers. Cheers. Bye. It is now 10 to the hour.